Check this scene out. Three high school guys carrying a couch up a stairwell. We get it up the first flight of stairs, no problem, we're doing great. We turn the corner, no problem, we're doing great. We get ready to head up the next flight of stairs, Houston, we have a problem. The couch is stuck, wedged four feet in the air, blocking the entire stairwell, and despite our best efforts, we could not get it out. I have to admit, a chainsaw was brought into the equation. Hi, this is Steve, and you're listening to Ministry During the Disruption. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So glad to have you with us. Joining me on the show today is Kyle Lee, our senior canal correspondent. Welcome to the show, Kyle. (laughs) Our senior canal correspondent. I don't know if I'm an expert on canals, but I do have opinions on the canals. All right. So why are we talking about canals today? Well, there's there's the now infamous meme of the evergreen oil tanker in the Suez Canal that was, is, is it still stuck? It was stuck. It's feel, it's at least forever stuck in a meme. That's for sure. It's, and which has caused the global economy to come to a standstill for at least a couple moments. Seriously, I saw a newspaper article that said that there are going to be toilet paper shortages. It's like, it's like a return to 2020. There are going to be toilet paper shortages because the global supply chain has been disrupted. Yeah. So. If you haven't already been familiar with that, just look up the Evergreen ship on Google and you'll find it. You've probably already seen lots of memes about it. And it's honestly, it's really funny, but also incredible that this one thing has disrupted our entire world. So it's a massive container ship that was going through the Suez Canal. And I I don't know, I I don't know the reason, but it ended up jackknifed and blocking the canal, like stuck in the mud and it couldn't move, it couldn't get out, and they they had tugboats, they had um, excavating equipment trying to get this thing out. Uh, people were were joking that we needed to get a bunch of balloons, like that Pixar movie. Up, uh, yeah, up, yeah, we needed to get a bunch of balloons up. and lift it up. Um, you know, I saw engineers talking about could we just offload enough of the containers off of the container ship to lighten it so that it would float free. All kinds of crazy ideas, but for days and days and days, traffic through the Suez Canal was blocked. People were having to ship things around the Horn of Africa in order to get global trade moving again. (laughs) One of my favorite memes of this, or like gifs of it, is the Austin Powers meme where he's stuck in the hallway in the stadium when he's trying to use his golf cart to go back and forth, but it's the evergreen ship. I have had that happen to me with a golf cart. I was doing lights out, all quiet, at a Young Life camp, driving a golf cart around, and I ended up stuck in a place, and I had to do a 15-point turn. It is very embarrassing to do with a bunch of people looking at you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, so Kyle... What's your take this week? Okay, so we've had lots of lots of discussions in the world about this Evergreen ship. And people have talked about the ship. People have talked about the supplies on it. People have talked about a lot of things. My take is this is all the Suez Canal's fault. What? Yes, it's the canal's fault. 
Now, that may sound ridiculous, but let me, let me, let me ask you one thing. How come one oil tanker can destroy our entire world economy? It's not the oil tanker's fault. You're, you're right. Why is the canal only? Why is the canal only big enough to have one ship? One ship. It sh- it should it. be wide enough that that one ship couldn't block the whole thing. Yeah, like no one thought about the idea of hey, what if somebody decides to go perpendicular? Right. We can't have two perpendicular ship lengths of a canal. It's the one of the most important canals in the entire world. Right, our, 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 the toilet paper you buy from, from the store is going to be—it's not going to be there to tomorrow because of one ship, one ship, and that's ridiculous. Like this is the global economy. You know, you're making a really good point. You're like you're a really good point. I, I think if I were to push back against that a little bit, I would say, you know, when they built the Suez Canal a long, long, long time ago. Ships probably weren't this big. Ships have kept getting bigger. Right, right. I mean, and and that's that's fair, right? But like to me, that reminds me of going into. Like, I used to live in Virginia. I used to live around Mount Vernon, and Mount Vernon, of course, is George Washington's old home. And in his house, I would have to duck under doorways and stuff like that. Right. right. Well, so our listeners may not realize that you are six feet ten inches tall. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm only around five eleven. Though, though, so because I'm Korean, that does make me sort of tall for Korean people. But, like, here's the deal, right? Like, I have to duck to get under these doorways because back in the 1700s, people were shorter. All right, well, then let so, me put it to you. Let me put it to you. Are you saying that there's a problem not only with the Suez Canal, but with, with Mount Vernon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, but now, now, actually, I would say, never mind, I take that back. No, because Mount Vernon, no one's living there anymore, and no one's using it anymore, and the only purpose of Mount Vernon is to be a historical picture of what was with, with George so Washington. So if our global supply trade was running through the side door into Mount Vernon, that would be a problem. That would be a problem, but nobody's doing that. You only get a couple tourists like me, Right. And here's the deal. If someone was going to live in that house, right, even even if you were going to, like someone bought it, some billionaire, and they restored it, and they wanted to live in George Washington's house, they would remodel it. They would keep most of the things intact because it's a historical site. It's beautiful, you know. Don't want to ruin the history of the building, but you'd make the doorways a little wider and a little taller. And you take out a couple inches of wall. All right. So Jeff Bezos, if you're listening to this, that idea on on purchasing George Washington's home, at raising it a little bit so that you can walk through the door, Kyle gets credit for that idea. So when you when, when you do yes, that, please. you know, please, you know, share share the credit. Please, please, please. I mean, if I get even like point zero 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 one percent of Amazon's profits from, from any year, I'll be I'll be set for life. Be so. careful saying any year because you know the future is uncertain. I mean, that's Our, true. That's true. Especially with the Suez Canal being blocked, we have no idea. Maybe Amazon's just tanking. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know that you can make a uh, uh, an oil tanker joke <laughs> in a conversation <laughs> like that. All right, Kyle, here you go. Here you go. Um, what does this concept? The Suez Canal is the problem. What does that concept mean for ministry? Okay, for ministry, right, I think, I mean, we've been talking about a little bit about this, but why have we done the way, the things that we've done for the past, in in varsity's history, 75 years, 
right? A lot of what we've done hasn't changed too much. We're reading, meeting people on campus. We have Bible studies. We hang out in person. We send out newsletters via mail to people to support us, right? Why have we not changed? Because we didn't need to, because we were, we had inertia, right? We were just kind of just do, going on. The, the train was chugging along. You could even say we're lazy, but really, we just never needed to, right? We never really needed to change. And like the Suez Canal, we didn't, right? We never needed to change. But suddenly, a ship-sized problem decided to go perpendicular in our proverbial Suez Canal, and suddenly everything had to change. And we're trying to figure out all these problems. There's a huge difference between a change which feels recreational and a change which feels necessary. Right, right, right. This is We have suddenly hit, from a pandemic, we have suddenly hit a necessary time of innovation as opposed to a recreational time of innovation. And we've totally pivoted. We've went online. We've learned Zoom. We use Teams now. We like, we're totally different. And that's a good thing in many respects. That's one of the things that as we're thinking about going back to campus, as we're eventually we're going to be in a post-pandemic world, which is soon-ish in America, we could easily return to just saying, ah, the Suez Canal is fine. We don't need and to that is anything. what I think is going to happen. I, I don't think that there are any plans underway to expand the width of the Suez Canal. I think people are just going to try to drive a little more carefully in the future. Right. They're not even going to make it deeper. They're not even going to make it deeper, which is like one of the problems. You know, it, it's, it ran aground. That's why it's pro- a real problem, right? It, they're not going to make it deeper. They're not going to make it wider, right? They're just going to keep going the same. And it, like we, we as... I think it would be such a lost opportunity if we as people in ministry didn't see this as an opportunity to go wider and to go deeper. So I agree 100%, Kyle. I think we can both acknowledge the pain, challenge, hardship, and difficulty of the season. It's really tough to see the tanker stuck across the canal. And at the same time, we can take the invitation, the opportunity from the Lord to try something new, to try to solve a problem that we weren't even aware of before this started. Can you give us a specific example of something that someone might try that's new that would be the equivalent of widening the Suez Canal? Um, I think I think actually for my staff friends um, in general, one of the things that I've known more is initially, right, they were kind of on a campus and they were working on that campus and they were responsible for everything. Um, I came from the New York, New Jersey region. So I know now lots of people are kind of just specializing and going wider with like, hey, I'm really good at this type of thing. I'm going to do it for the whole, for like all all of Manhattan, or I'm going to do it all for our whole area. I'm going to do it for our whole region. So that could be, for example, training small group leaders. Instead of just training small group leaders at Juilliard, you might train small group leaders across Manhattan. I would also say if you're listening to this and you are a student, you're a student leader, that, that that same principle could apply to you where you could start to think not just about ministering to your campus, but ministering to your network. Who did you go to high school with? Who do you know who are on other campuses? And maybe in this season, you can invite them to connect with your ministry in a way that you 
couldn't have a year and a half ago when everything was in person. And if they wanted to come to your small group, they had to show up in your dorm. We're much closer to an expert around how to do digital ministries using Zoom or other other such platforms. Like, why not? Yeah, like have like, hey, I'm interested in studying the Bible around this particular book. Just reach out to everybody you know and say, hey, are you interested in studying this book or around this topic? You know, like, hey, the recently there's lots of stuff with racial injustice around Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, AAPI people, right? Like, I want to know what the Bible has to say about that, right? And then do that for and see who's interested across the board, right? And that could be a way to bring a lot of people in. And when ministry does start back up in person, that awareness of your broader social networks could still have a huge impact. For example, you could invite people who don't go to your school to come and participate in ministry that that is hosted at your school, but is for students and faculty. If you have a conference or a camp or a retreat, you could invite people who are not necessarily a part of your local chapter to come and participate with you. You know, and this has been happening for generations where people would invite their girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, someone from a different campus to come to a conference. But you could do this with people you went to high school with, people who you played sports with, people who you lived next to growing up, your cousins, your relatives, things like this. The Lord has given us these social networks, uh, this sense of interconnectedness, a, a global supply chain of friendships, so to speak, that we're the stewards of. And one thing I would have to say too, is you could also go deeper, right? There are like, now that we have been in this place where we don't see people in person, we're all disconnected in many ways. Like I don't leave the four walls of this room that often. When you actually get to go with people and you get to see people again, in some ways, right? Like we could just go back to superficial relationships. We could just be, you know, saying how was the what's the weather like today? Oh, it's sunny out. But why not talk about real life and what's going on, and ask people how they're doing emotionally? How are they handling the stress of of going back into in person? You know, like all those types of conversations can now be had, and we can recognize how valuable those relationships that we once had were. We can go deeper. This reminds me of, uh, even to do kind of combine both, if I'm thinking about the flourishing communities curriculum we have on InterVarsity's website and resources, that the, this is a thing you could do both with. You could, there are pre-packaged sermons and, and Bible study lessons, um, and large group series, et cetera, that you could use, right? You could gather a bunch of people who are interested in learning how to go deeper as a community, could coordinate across wherever you happen to be, Everyone watches the sermon, and then you can you could debrief in person, and then every once in a while come up, go jump onto Zoom or whatever platform, and talk to each other about what you're learning and things like that. And then you know maybe go out go out to eat afterwards if once once the once it's safe to do so. So uh, flourishing communities, fantastic curriculum, Bible study, large group talks, you know sermon videos you can watch, discussion guides, Instagram materials. Kyle, can you put a link in the show notes? I will. And you can check out, you can rent, we'll put the Instagram link in there so you can check it out. And we're also making a podcast. So you can listen to some of the content as well. And Kyle, for our little imaginary pretend sponsors, could we pretend like we're sponsored by Flourishing Communities? Caroline, be okay with that? Oh yeah, we can do that. I think so. I think we so can too. do that. Well, hey, that's it for Ministry During the Disruption this week. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can hear future episodes our hot takes and ministry applications. You can also follow us on Instagram. We do not post often, 
but we do comment and share things, particularly if you're interested in seeing some of the great ideas other campus ministries around the country are doing, you're going to want to follow us on Instagram because we share stuff to our story almost every day where we see great things that people are doing around the country. And I want to give a particular shout out to George Mason InterVarsity. Mason InterVarsity, if you're listening to this, you're doing some incredible things, creative things, beautiful things, innovative things. I love following you on Instagram and resharing the cool stuff that you're coming up with. Thank you so much for listening. Hope everyone has a great day. Mason!